Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at relevantradio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, here we go, halfway through the week, <laughs> on the way to the back half here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Wednesday. I'm so glad that you can join us for this hour of spiritual direction on the Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, have you ever had that experience where you see something, and maybe you see it regularly, many times, again and again and again, but you don't know exactly what it is, and you never really think to ask what it is. And a lot of time might go by. Might be weeks, might be months, maybe even possibly years, that you finally discover what the purpose is of that whatever it is. This happened to my wife, Baylen. It was a very simple kitchen utensil, and before I was married, when I was moving out on my own into the first rental I had, my mom had let me go through her kitchen, you know, the house I grew up in, to look for things that she didn't use very often or things that she didn't need so that I could take them with me. I'd have a few dishes and other items that you need in a kitchen. And so I took some old mismatched dishes that we had, a few Tupperware containers, some bowls, a handful of other different utensils that I knew my mom wouldn't miss or, you know, she or she just said, that's fine, take it. And most of those... When I did get married, they came along with me. And I didn't think necessarily to explain to Baylen everything that I had brought into the kitchen of, of our first apartment as a couple. I just unpacked boxes that I'd brought with me. I put things where they seemed to belong. And the kitchen things, well, it goes in a drawer. This looks like a good drawer for it, or it goes in the cabinet here. One of those items, though, it was this small utensil. And it's a little difficult to describe, but... It was this light orange plastic stick kind of looking thing. It was probably about eight inches long. And on one of the ends, it had this rounded side with a unique kind of hook apparatus. On the opposite end, it tapered to a flat rigid tip, similar to the end of a, a flathead screwdriver. It almost looked like some sort of weird toothbrush that didn't have any bristles on it if you kind of can imagine that. But if you haven't seen one of these, it might be hard to visualize. As I'm describing it, any idea what it is? <laughs> this utensil, it sat in a drawer in our kitchen there in that first apartment for all the months that we rented. I ended up forgetting that I had even brought it along with us, or with me when I moved in. When we moved out of that first apartment though, and we moved into a duplex that we were renting, I got a job in a different town, so we made the move. Well, that little utensil, it came with us. And then a couple of years later when we bought our first house, 
it moved with us then too. And it sat in a drawer of random kitchen utensils for several years before Belen. When she just happened to be going through that drawer one day, she held it up and she finally asked me, what in the world is this? And I started to laugh because I realized since, that since I had completely forgotten about it, she would never have ever seen me use it. But I explained, it's an orange peeler. And we happened to have a few oranges there in the kitchen on the counter, sitting in a bowl. So I proceeded to show her that little hook. It could slide under the peel of the orange, make a slit down the peel. You could do that, you know, three, four times around the orange. But it wouldn't cut into the fruit itself. And then you could use that flat end to help pry up the peel to make it easier to pull it off, remove the peel. And Baylen was fascinated. She had no idea that such a thing existed, an orange peeler. And now after years of owning this, she actually had an easier way to peel oranges. And she began to use it regularly. But I think this sort of thing can happen to us in other areas of life, like with our faith, with the Catholic Church, where we know something is there. We might see it or we might hear someone reference it again and again, but we never really ask questions about it, what it is or what it does. A few weeks ago, one of my kids, we had gone to confession in the afternoon, and the parish there we had, as we were walking out, you walk past the baptistry and there are three bottles of oil. And my son, who had passed by those for years, he asked, what are those there for? What are those oils? It was only just within this last month that he finally did that, even though he'd seen them for years. So you might be missing out on different things in the church. What do you think that might be? Just because you don't necessarily know about it or you don't think to ask about it. Well, when it comes to the sacraments of the Catholic Church, I think that the anointing of the sick, one of those seven sacraments, the anointing of the sick can be the one that is least well-known and possibly the most misunderstood or maybe the most overlooked and forgotten. Well, we're hoping to remedy this here today on The Inner Life as we spend the hour looking at this sacrament, the anointing of the sick. What is it? What does it do for us when we receive it, and when should we receive it? And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour today, I'm very glad to welcome back to the program Father Peter Marshall. Father Peter is a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the pastor of St. Jude's Catholic Church there in Indianapolis. Father Peter, welcome back to The Inner Life. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Well, so here we dive into the sacrament of the anointing of the sick today, and I, I know that this is one of those sacraments that can be confused sometimes with other things, um, because it kind of gets thrown in with some things that happen at the end of life. Uh, so we'll get into that, but I think it might be good for us just to start out, you know, those of us who have been in the Church for many years, or, or maybe our entire lives— we can assume that everybody knows what we're talking about when we use certain words or certain terminology, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page as we start here today, can you just kind of take us back to basics and explain what a sacrament is? Sure. So um, there are seven sacraments in the Catholic Church. Uh, we believe that they are all uh, established by Christ and are privileged means 
of uh, bringing God's grace into our lives. Uh, An easy definition that I like to use when giving talks on the sacraments are that a sacrament is an outward sign of an inward reality. In other words, something happens in our uh, our life of the senses, something outward that we can see or hear, um, and that that brings about and signifies a invisible or inward reality. So, uh, for example, you have uh, the words of institution at the mass spoken over the proper matter um, of uh, bread and wine, and uh, those outward signs signify to us the inward reality that the bread and wine has been transformed into the very real presence of Christ. Does that make sense? It does. And you used one of those uh, words, matter. We have yeah, matter sorry. and form that go... <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. No, I, I'm glad we're getting into this because I think it's good, you know, again, just to make sure we all have a solid understanding of what comprises a sacrament. Before we dive into the specific one we'll talk about today, but with a sacrament, we have matter and we have form. Can form. you kind of give us the explanation of those two words as we discuss them today? Yeah, so so these come from uh, really... Uh, medieval philosophy, uh, especially Thomas Aquinas, and matter in a sacrament is the physical uh, material that is necessary for the sacrament. So in baptism, you would need water and an unbaptized person. And in the Eucharist, you need uh uh, bread made from wheat flour and water, and wine without any additives uh, made from grapes. Uh, uh, form speaks to the words and sometimes the gestures that are done along with the proper matter. So uh, for baptism, you have matter of water and an unbaptized person, and the form is that The minister says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit as water is being moved over the person being baptized. Yes, and it's very important. I mean, you you were very specific when talking about the bread and the wine that are used as the matter and very specific about the form, the words that we say. Um, Those, it's it's because the sacraments have been instituted by Christ and are communicating that grace that you talked about in such a real fashion for us that it's really not up to the minister of the sacrament to change either the matter or the form. We we saw that actually a, a few months ago with a priest who had probably with no ill intentions at all, but he, I, I think it was in Arizona, that he had been saying for baptism, instead of I baptize you, he was making it more of a community event saying we baptize you, but because that form was incorrect, it meant that those baptisms were not valid at that point. Right. That's correct. Yes. So when it comes to matter and form for this sacrament, the anointing of the sick that we're talking about today, what's the matter that's used, the substance, and then what are the words that we would hear spoken? So the matter is 
the oil of the infirm, which is typically uh, oil that is blessed at the chrism mass by the archbishop or by the bishop. Uh, and uh, however, it is permissible for any priest to bless uh, vegetable oil in case of emergency. Um, so if, if I happen to be out somewhere, I have a card with the words of blessing so that in an emergency I could have um, the oil of the infirm. And then the words are, uh, there's two sets of words that are done as I anoint the person. Um, the first is I anoint uh, the forehead and I say, through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And then I anoint the palms of their hands, and I say, may the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. Why the hands? Is there any background on that? It actually kind of reminds me of the Sacrament of Holy Orders because of deacons and priests. They have their hands consecrated. Why the hands that are the the part of the body that is touched with the oil for the anointing of the sick? You're on exactly the right track, and uh, the hands are anointed so that the sick person can participate uh, by, off, by making a sacrifice of their suffering. And so they participate in Christ's redemptive work by uh, turning their suffering into a sacrifice to God's glory. You also said in the opening line of the words of this sacrament uh, that, that the person receives the grace of the Holy Spirit. What specifically is happening at that moment? What is the Holy Spirit gifting to that person receiving that sacrament? Yeah, so we, we look at then um, the prayers after anointing. Uh, which would be kind of uh, the equivalent of maybe like a closing prayer at Mass. And we see that we pray uh, for things like courage, um, comfort, patience, hope, and to uh, be assured of the uh, the support of the Church. And um, we pray that they would not be alone uh, in their in their suffering. With those different words that you talk about, the courage, the comfort, the patience, the hope, uh, one of the big things that I think might be a question with the anointing of the sick, are we praying for a miracle to be healed if we're dealing with something here that is some sort of illness, some you know, whether it's cancer or some other kind of debilitating disease, or are we not really seeking out so much a physical healing as much as kind of that spiritual bolstering, you know, giving us that fortitude to persevere in spite sure. of the illness? Yeah, I think we're praying uh, in very real ways for both, uh, mediated through, uh, you know, we, we are asking God that his will be done in the person of uh, the sick. And so if God's will is that 
there is a miraculous or, or maybe even not a miraculous healing, um, but uh, a healing due to medication or surgery uh, that God would bring about that healing. Um, but also we are, we are praying on a very spiritual level. Um, we believe that forgiveness of sins is contained within the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And so there's very much a level of spiritual healing that takes place. So, and maybe we can talk more specifically about that spiritual healing that takes place in a moment, but um, with each of the sacraments, the Church says, you know, these are instituted by Christ himself. Where do we see Christ instituting this sacrament? Where's kind of the the background for this, that we have it in, whether it's in Scripture or, you know, how do we how do we look for where Christ has given this one to us? Yeah, we we see Christ obviously uh, healing lots and lots of people in his ministry uh, as relayed through the Gospels. So he travels around, he's healing people. Um, I think even within this we have he casts out demons and uh, he comforts people, and there's a ministry of healing uh, that's, that includes extraordinary things like raising people from the dead and uh, healing blind people and uh, leprosy and really uh, flashy things, but also just his ministry of being with maybe uh, Martha and Mary at, uh, at the grave of Lazarus and comforting them and healing them before he raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, but then we also see Christ giving to uh, the apostles the authority to loose and bind and to, uh, to heal the sick. And we see these things being part of the apostolic uh, ministry that Christ gives to uh, the apostles. And from them, we have uh, St. James uh, in his uh, epistle to the church saying very clearly, if there is sick uh, if, if you have people in your community that are sick, uh, send for the priest, and the priest will anoint them with oil and pray over them, and that prayer will both save the sick person and uh, forgive their sins. And even with the apostles who are sent out, there's one point where they have somebody who is possessed by a demon, and they can't cast out the demon. They're not able to offer that healing. They have to go right. back to Jesus. So we even have this point where they say, why weren't we able to do this? You know, why why couldn't we heal this person and cast out this demon? Which kind of gives the implication, well, we've been doing this all along. We've had success right. at other times, but this one seemed too tough, too difficult. And then, you know, Christ comes back and says, well, this kind can only come out with prayer and with fasting. So we get this this image of the apostles having done this regularly in Christ's name, doing this this Absolutely. healing. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, and then we also see that carried on in the Acts of the Apostles, too. Mm -hmm. We have St. Mm -hmm. Paul, where he goes out and he's doing the same sort of thing, helping to heal those who are uh, uh, in need of healing. Uh, and, and that might, I think, also go back to that question of the physical healing, you know, 
that so often is the thing we're more interested in because we can get right. so. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's hard to focus when you're feeling bad. It's hard to you know get that energy to do much of anything, and we might get into a bit of self pity. So maybe we can talk about that when we come back. We need to take a short break here. Okay. But um, Father Peter Marshall is our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life. As we're talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And maybe you've received that sacrament in the past. What was your experience with it? How did it help you as you were facing a serious illness or condition? Maybe you had to go in for some surgery. Uh, or maybe it was one of your parents or a grandparent that you were able to be there and see them receive the anointing of the sick. How did you see the grace that they received in the sacrament help them through their illness? Or maybe you have a question about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. You can give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll be back right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today we're talking about one of our seven sacraments in the Catholic Church, the anointing of the sick. And when have you perhaps received that sacrament? And how did it help you as you were going through an illness or facing some sort of serious uh, health challenge in your life? Maybe it was that your parents, one of your parents or a grandparent, ended up receiving that sacrament, the anointing of the sick. How did you see that help them, uh, the, the grace that they received in that sacrament, and to give them some of those things that Father Peter talked about, courage, comfort, to have hope, to have patience as they're dealing with it. And our spiritual director for the hour is Father Peter Marshall. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and we're welcoming your phone calls here. Uh, you can share your story, or maybe you have a question about this sacrament, 888-914-9149, Father, before we get into some other areas, it might also be good as we've kind of set the, you know, the basics of what are involved with this sacrament, uh, the minister of this sacrament, you know, depending on which mm -hmm. sacrament you're talking about, the ministers can vary. With baptism, it can be any person, especially in, uh, you know, if, if there's a case of an emergency that anyone can baptize another. Um, typically, it's a priest or a deacon, but it's open, wide open, <laughs> so that there can always be that ability to baptize someone. A marriage, you've got the husband and wife that are actually the ministers to each other of the sacrament of matrimony. Uh, when it comes to the anointing of the sick, is this something where uh, a deacon can anoint somebody or, you know, where it's ever open to a layperson, or, or is this always reserved only for a priest? Always reserved only for a priest or a bishop. 
And the reason for that is because it contains within it the forgiveness of sins. And so uh, the ministers would have to be the same as the ministers for the sacrament of reconciliation. Perfect. Very yeah. easy to understand, especially since there is that that uh, forgiveness that's offered there, that absolution. Again, our phone number, 888-914-9149, here on The Inner Life, and talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And Father, we've got Angelica, who's calling in from California. Hi, Angelica. Welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Hi, good morning. How are you today? Very, very well, thank good. you. Did you have a question for Father Peter? Yes, I do. Uh, my question is, do you actually have to be uh, dying to receive the sacrament? And if, per se, you don't pass away, can you receive the sacrament again? Just because as a nurse, we see so many people passing away. And if we could actually, you know, um, have the sacrament um, available, or if we could ask them if they would like to receive the sacrament, is that something good to do? Or Yes. Uh, the the sacrament stipulates that you need to be in danger, uh, and it leaves it kind of intentionally vague, but uh, emphasizing kind of the that that the the sickness or uh, your infirmity is uh, is serious, and so uh, things like general anesthesia for uh, an operation would be uh, uh, in danger. Uh, receiving a first diagnosis of cancer or other uh, progressive and terminal, possibly terminal illnesses would be uh, a time to get the sacrament. But interestingly, the sacrament also is available generally for those of uh, advanced age and so if you're if you're feeling kind of the weight and um, heaviness of uh, advancing years you can also uh, ask for the sacrament Uh, but you also said something that i want to touch on real quick and that is it is not uh it's not the last rites people often think that it's what goes right before death but the church really envisions that uh, if there is a last rite, it's what we call viaticum, and that is to bring the Eucharist uh, to someone as they're beginning to see death. Angelica, does that help? Yes, that totally makes sense. And then just one more, I just thought about it right now. It might be an obvious question, but if I feel the need, do I just go to a priest and ask for it, or is that something I have to, yeah. I have to set up? Or No, I mean, it's, uh, I, it's often best to give some advance notice or make sure that Father is available, uh, but we most parishes would have uh, like an emergency line, uh, that if uh, if some emergency happened, that you can reach the priest uh, any time, day or night, and uh, request the sacrament. Thank Excellent. you so much. Well, I, and- you clarified it with the last rites. Yes, thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you for your call, Angelica. And uh, Father, maybe just to go through and make sure that this is clear, um, as we're talking about receiving the sacrament, 
you mentioned it needs to be something that is a fairly serious illness, a grave illness, but it's not that you're limited to only receiving it once. So if somebody right. has cancer and they're able to go ahead and receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick and after you know going through whatever treatments they are then declared you know maybe a couple of years later cancer free and then later right. on in their life let's say there's you know something going on with you know heart disease or something that that again threatens they could receive the sacrament again but you should only receive it once for each kind of serious illness it's it's not like you should be going in weekly to receive the sacrament uh for cancer it should just be done once and then rely on the grace of that sacrament. That's my understanding. Is that correct? Uh, unless things take a serious turn for the worse. So if you, if you have, if you're diagnosed, let's say with cancer, that's a, a, a very concerning illness for many people and you're diagnosed and then, um, you begin, and so you ask your priest for the sacrament, and then you begin a course of uh, chemotherapy or, or radiation therapy, and then um, things maybe get better, or they stay the same, and then suddenly, for whatever reason, there's a, a, a downturn. You can request the sacrament again for the same illness because the circumstances have changed. Okay. Good. It also might be good to clarify that as we're talking about receiving the, the anointing of the sick, and while we might be praying for a miracle of physical healing, as you and I are discussing this, we're by no means suggesting that anyone should not seek out regular medical care or treatment for oh, whatever absolutely. they might be dealing with as an illness. So this, this is a spiritual uh, healing primarily. But, of course, it can offer physical healing if God wants to work that miracle in our lives. But right. we shouldn't neglect the regular medical care. Absolutely. Good. Well, Father, let's go back to the phones. Again, I'll throw out the phone number there, 888-914-9149. And you can call in as we're talking today about the anointing of the sick. Maybe you've received this sacrament. How has it helped you in your life? How have you been able to see that grace of God work in your life, giving you that courage, that comfort, giving you patience as you're trying to persevere through that illness? And maybe you've seen it in a relative, a loved one, when they received it. 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Lynn, who is calling in from New Jersey. Lynn, I'm so glad to have you here on The Inner Life. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, you may have just kind of touched on one part of my question, which is a two-part question. Um, I have a 12-week-old now grandson who was born with a rare genetic disorder called Gaucher disease. It's very unfamiliar to a lot of people. Um, and there's three types that he's been narrowed down to two of those types, a two or a three, which are very se severe. One, he would pass away by around two years old. The other one, he would live a little longer. So we're kind of dealing with, you really don't know when they're going to pass. It really depends on how and when these symptoms come on. So my question is two part in the sense that when we did quickly baptize him sooner than we had planned on it, thankfully for my priest. And at that time, the priest voluntarily, you know, asked us, would you also like to receive the anointing of the sick, which of course we did. Um, so my question is, when, when someone is 
terminal, I guess. I mean, I hate to say that because we are praying every day for a miracle, but I feel like sometimes we're asking too much to ask for a miracle, like it seems impossible. So do you even continue with the anointing of the sick, and or do we get it each time he he has a new symptom? Or I guess the question is, do we continue getting the anointing of the sick, and do we even ever ask for it when it's so bad that um, you'd really just be asking for a miracle that would require something beyond anything medical? Because he's receiving weekly infusions now. We drive to Virginia every Monday, and he gets mm. an enzyme infusion as it is. So it's a very it is serious, but we just we just don't even yeah. know. Like, do you keep keep asking, or do you keep getting that sacrament? I- I would, I would say, um, unless there is a serious change in uh, his day-to-day experience, he has received the grace of that sacrament, and um, you don't need to receive it repeatedly. Uh, although you can, if the circumstances change, and so. Uh, If he needs to go in for long-term hospitalization, you might request it again uh, at a a time like that. I would also recommend that you speak to your priest about um, receiving the sacrament of confirmation, uh, that in danger of death uh, he could be confirmed, and... um, If he's able to swallow at all, he might even be able to receive uh, the Eucharist under the aspect of the precious blood. Uh, That would take some planning on the part of the priest to bring some of the consecrated blood of Christ uh, to the home or hospital or wherever and uh, use an eyedropper or um, a spoon or something like that uh, to uh, bring our Eucharistic Lord even closer uh, to this poor child. Lynn, I hope that helps. And, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe one of the other things that might be good to discuss here, too, for a moment, Lynn had said, you know, should we even be praying for a miracle? It seems like we might be asking too much. And while we're not necessarily talking at this point about specifically the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, I, I don't think there's ever a bad time to ask for God to heal or to prolong the life of someone we love. It kind of reminds me of David, King David in the Old Testament, where he had committed his great sin with Bathsheba Mm -hmm. and had sent her husband, Uriah, out to the front lines to be killed so that he didn't have to deal with, once it was found out she was pregnant, Nathan the prophet comes and, you know, calls David on his sin, but then also says that the child that has been conceived will die. But King David, he ends up going and he fasts, he wears sackcloth, he lies in ashes, praying for the life of this child. And until that child actually dies, 
he is still praying. And he makes some comment about it. I, I don't have the, the story here in front of me, uh, but he makes some comment that as long as that child was alive, there was always the possibility mm-hmm. that God might hear that prayer and still spare his life. So I think it's always a good thing for us to continue to pray for that miracle. It's never going to hurt. We, you know, we might face the reality. We know that it's m- most likely that this person will die, but we can always still continue to pray up until the last moment for that miracle. Right. That's absolutely correct. And, um, you know, we, we have this uh, beautiful story that Christ tells in the gospel of the widow woman who um, uh, badgers the unjust judge to get justice. And uh, Christ speaks admiringly of this woman uh, that that will not give up until she receives what she needs, and um, I think that's a beautiful example to us of of prayer and of God's desire for us to keep uh, talking to Him even in really tough times. And He doesn't guarantee that we'll always get what we want or um, that circumstances will always work out to our favor, but um, uh, he wants us to keep talking. Right. Yeah, to persevere in that prayer there. Right. Talking with Father Peter Marshall today here on The Inner Life. He's our spiritual director as we're discussing one of the seven sacraments of the Catholic Church, the anointing of the sick. And maybe you have a question about this sacrament and you'd like to call in and speak with Father Peter. The number is 888-914-9149. Or maybe you have received the sacrament yourself and it's helped you as you were facing a serious illness, some serious uh, condition that you might be going through, or perhaps it was a parent or a grandparent or a sibling that you saw receive this sacrament, the anointing of the sick. How did you see that sacrament bring them peace, help them to persevere in the face of whatever the, the illness might be? We'd love to hear your story, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue our conversation along with taking more of your phone calls right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Relevant Radio runs on horsepower, your horsepower. Donate any vehicle and keep our stations running. Join in with hundreds of other listeners who have given their used vehicles at RelevantRadio.com car. Thanks for joining us here during this hour of The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, talking today with our spiritual director, Father Peter Marshall, a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the pastor of St. Jude's Catholic Church there in Indianapolis, talking today about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, Father before we go back to the phones here, um, had somebody who couldn't hold, but good question. This sacrament, the anointing of the sick, is it only available for baptized Catholics? Is it something that in danger of death that a non-Catholic would be able to receive? Um, it is... <laughs> that is a really good question. Uh, 
it is available to the baptized, um, Catholic or not, uh, upon request and in danger. Um, but if you are unbaptized, then the sacrament that I want to give you in danger of death is baptism. Right, which would also accomplish then the same Absolutely. spiritual effects because it would wipe out all past sins by virtue of just being baptized. So that and would be bring the, you the, uh, bring you to a new closeness with Christ. Right? That's right. Right, the Holy Spirit yeah. all of a sudden would be able to yeah enter enter yourself. Good. Okay. So sacrament for any baptized Christian. But if you haven't been baptized, well, that's where we need to start. Uh, Father Peter, let's go back to the phones. We've got got Veronica, who's calling in from Florida, with a question for us here. Veronica, thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Uh, Thank you for this program and your program every day. Um, The parish that I'm in, they have the anointing of the sick at every Mass, and it's done during the Mass. And I was told that it would be okay for me to participate. I'm an 84-year-old, legally blind woman. I have some sight. But um, I heard something otherwise. And, you know, the aches and pains of old age, that's what you have to put up with and so forth. So I just felt that maybe I should not participate in this. But they just asked the whole congregation. That's a great question, and uh, the Church does count uh, 84 is is safely within uh, the advanced age requirement for this sacrament, and so I think that if you if you wish to receive the sacrament, uh, you should feel free to uh, to join in that participation. Excellent, Veronica. Thanks so much for your call. Father, we've got Georgia who's calling in, listening in New Mexico. Georgia, you're on the air with Father Peter Marshall. Hi, good morning. Um, I want to talk about surgery that I had several weeks ago. I was diagnosed with a large pelvic mass three days before surgery. I went to my parish priest, and he did give me anointing the sick. And at the same time, I was praying for my mass to be okay so that monday had surgery um and the cancer was contained the nodes the multiple nodes that were sampled were negative but because of the type of tumor i had um it's considered cancerous and at this time i'm followed up every six months and i really attribute um this cancer diagnosis um, and containment to Father's anointing of the sick, plus um, the wonderful care I had. Uh, My daughter took care of me, the doctors and nurses from the cancer center, all the prayers. Um, So I do believe, strongly believe, in anointing of the sick. Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, and I don't think your uh, experience with the sacrament is unique. I think many people have uh, experienced such great joys and uh, and healings from from our God. 
Georgia, beautiful story. Thanks for sharing. Um, we've still got time for at least one or two more calls here, Father. Let's go to Lisa, who's calling in from Nashville. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the program today. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have a question about my my father in 2020 was very sick with COVID. He was almost 93 years old, and they had him in a COVID unit at the hospital, and they wouldn't allow me to um, have a priest come in. Sorry. <laughs> it still makes me so emotional. And um, and I did have a friend give me some holy oil, blessed oil, and also holy water, and she gave me a Benedictine cross, and, and I had to bless my dad myself. And I don't know if that were to do any good, really, um, because, you know, obviously I couldn't hear confession, and he was on a ventilator. He wasn't, you know, even conscious, really. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if, you know, I still pray for him every day. But did that do any good? Did it help him, you know, in his final moments? Um. Yeah, that 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 was a very hard time for a lot of families uh, and a lot of people uh, in the height of COVID. Um, it was very difficult to get into nursing homes and hospitals and institutions to bring the sacraments to people. Um, I think any time you, uh, as a daughter, bless your parents, uh, that does bring. God's attention and and grace uh, in into that situation. I would also say the sacrament of the anointing is not essential for our salvation. It's a help to our salvation. Uh, it's not the same as baptism uh, in that regard. Um, and so I, I don't want you to feel discouraged because your dad was not able to receive that sacrament. Another thing that might be good to talk about here, too, in regards to Lisa's call with her father, which, you know, as you said, was such a difficult time for so many families that would have found themselves in similar circumstances. The sacraments are the normal means that we have in the Church for God conveying and us receiving His grace for us to receive salvation. But... God is not limited by the sacraments. God can That's work right. in a person's life, in a person's heart, in their soul, however he wants. So having that trust and still praying for the repose of the soul of that loved one, um, right. we can trust that if they had any sort of disposition to want to love God and to turn away from sin, that he would in his own way work with them when the sacraments are not readily available. Right. That's absolutely correct, yes. And so, yeah, I think, I think that gives all of us a lot of hope that yeah. we, want, we want to go to the sacraments. That should be our primary you know, avenue for the grace of God. But we shouldn't get worried but, or fall into the trap of despair if that's not right. available. I also think, though, like, this is the encouragement for us to live kind of the ordinary sacramental life, that we go to confession regularly, we receive the Eucharistic, the Eucharist regularly, so that uh, we are prepared for the uh, unexpected in some ways. And we're, we've lived a life in harmony with Christ and His Church, and the, and the sacraments have been 
part of our normal rhythm and um and then we're ready all right father peter marshall again is our spiritual director here as we're talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick and father i think we've got time for one more call uh letty is listening to us in munster indiana letty we've only got a couple of minutes here but wanted to get you on before the end of the hour Thank you for taking my call. I'd like to share my testimony of the power of the sacraments. My mother was in hospice for 15 months. She had dementia and cancer and was getting worse. And three months ago, I decided to call her parish priest to give her the last rites. And he came in and, um, you know, she was, she was okay for a while. And then two months or two weeks ago on the eve of Divine Mercy, um, she started to get worse. She became imminent. And so her breathing was severe. She was having labor breathing, couldn't breathe. The Holy Spirit nudged me to call her priest again. I wasn't sure if I needed to because she had already received the the last rites. But for some reason, I felt like I had to. So I called her priest again, and he came by. And it it was through God's grace that he was able to uh, get in contact with me because he was in between confessions and mass and all that. But for some reason, we... He got in contact with me, he came by, and he gave her the last rites again, and my siblings, my father and I were surrounding her, and I'm not kidding you, but five minutes after he left, her breathing completely changed. It became a very peaceful breathing, and so we witnessed her take her last breath, and it was very peaceful, and so that gave me a lot of consolation that that she received the sacrament right before she passed. Praise God. Yeah, that's a beautiful story and witness there of just the power of, you know, this sacrament, but all the, all the sacraments that they give us, that grace that God wants to communicate. Uh, Father, a lot of calls we're not going to be able to get to here, sure. but in the last, uh, you know, 30 or 60 seconds here, if somebody wants to receive the sacrament, again, just contact their parish, ask if the priest absolutely. is able to communicate this sacrament for them? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, at most of the time, it would also be available uh, after a Mass. Uh, try not to trap Father right before Mass, but approach him after Mass when he has time and uh, ask if, if he would be able to celebrate the sacrament with you then. Excellent, excellent. Uh, what if we've got somebody who doesn't want to receive it, but we know that they're in danger? You know, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, um, they're nearing death, but they're not receptive to that. Do we just entrust them to God's care? Absolutely. We just uh, pray that God will uh, welcome them home, uh, even if they were uh, maybe afraid to admit it. Beautiful. Well, Father Peter, thanks for being on the show again. We've got about 15 seconds here. Can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude? Sure. Through the intercession of St. Raphael, patron saint of healing, we pray that God's blessing would come upon all those who are listening in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you once again, Father Peter. Thanks to Sarah Tafoya and to Nick Sentovich for their help in producing the program and want to encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here in just a couple of seconds on Relevant Radio, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. Have a blessed day.
I donate now, and actually, I, every chance I get, I send uh, people the link to the app. I'll tell you, it's changed my prayer life. That it is beautiful. really has. I'm so grateful to all of you. Make a tax-deductible donation at RelevantRadio.com. 